This episode is brought to you by Abbott. Hi, Mike Gibson and Raj Makar coming to you live and live streaming here today at, C- at TCT 2019. We're talking about Partner 3 and leaflet thrombosis. Tell us about this exciting substudy. Yes, so what the FDA did was it asked us to do a CT substudy in the Partner 3 low-risk trial, as you know, which was comparing TAVR with Sapien 3 valve mm-hmm. compared to surgery. Our goal here was to take these patients and actually understand what is the prevalence of subclinical leaflet thrombosis in these bioprosthetic valves, TAVR versus surgery. Mm -hmm. And the second goal that we had was to look at the natural history of this phenomenon. Mm -hmm. What happens Mm -hmm. to this finding in absence of anticoagulation? Mm -hmm. And of course, we were interested in looking at the impact of this finding on gradients and clinical outcomes. Sure. What we found was, number one, in serial CTs that were done, So these were serial CTs at 30 days and one year. We found that the incidence of this finding, subclinical leaflet thrombosis, was higher at 30 days in TAVR compared to surgical aortic valve replacement, 13% versus 5%. -hmm. And it increased with time in both. And at one year, it was 27% versus 20%. So, and at this point, the differences were not statistically significant. Do we know if that's thrombosis, or could it be scar, or other well, fibrous from a tissue? from series or? of observations that have been made before in previous mm-hmm. studies, where we know that it is less in patients where anticoagulation is given, and it disappears in a lot of patients when anticoagulation is given to mm-hmm. patients who have this finding. Mm-hmm. The deduction was yes. that this was indeed subclinical right. leaflet thrombosis. Is there any autopsy data? Not to my knowledge. Now. Mm-hmm. The other important thing, Mike, that we looked at was the natural history of this because this was an opportunity to do so because we had two CT scans at 30 days and at one year. And what we found was that in half of the patients where we saw HALT, or subclinical leaflet thrombosis rather, at 30 days, they did not have that finding at one year. Mm. But more importantly, of all these patients who did not have this finding at 30 days, 20% of patients actually now had that finding at one year. Oh, so wow. this is a dynamic yes, it's finding. Kind of a winking it can and disappear. blinking where it's it there, disappears. it's gone. Yes, yeah. It can disappear without anticoagulation. And of course, in a large percentage of patients who don't have this finding, I mean, you know, 20% of these patients who did not have this finding, you could actually have right. a new finding developed. So I think that right. was also of interest to us. The third thing that we found was that the gradients increased only minimally, about two millimeters of mercury, something that you would not consider to be very, very relevant clinically. We'll have to wait and we have to see what happens, especially to patients with greater extent of this leaflet thrombosis. Mm -hmm. How does that impact gradient? Because we did observe a little bit higher gradients in those patients. So maybe with time, it might increase, but that needs right. to be seen. And finally, we looked at the impact of this finding on clinical outcomes. The clinical events were low. Mm-hmm. You know, between uh, death <coughs> and stroke and TIAs, 
and thromboembolic events. There were only 12 events. Yes. And this was three event out of 35 in patients who had this finding versus nine events in 311 mm -hmm. patients. So there were numeric trends, 8.2% versus almost 2.8%. Uh, but these numbers are small, events are small. So I think these numeric trends need to be interpreted very carefully. Sure. Uh, I would say that our findings in terms of clinical events are inconclusive, hypo mm -hmm. hypothesis generating, and I think we need longer term follow-up to see what actually is the relationship between this as well as clinical outcomes. And what's the Raj Makar approach to antiplatelets and antithrombins, anticoagulants in this setting? Yes, so I've never been an advocate of routine prophylactic anticoagulation. I think what we have here is an imaging finding that is intriguing, mm -hmm. all right? But to solely treat an imaging finding uh, or to treat everybody to prevent from having this imaging finding, all patients, does not take into account the risk-benefit ratio. You know, the risk mm -hmm. of bleeding might not be trivial, especially mm -hmm. in a lot of older patients that we are still treating. Sure. So I think that those decisions are best guided by clinical trials mm -hmm. that will actually look at this question, and there will be one that will be presented at the American sure. Heart Association. Clinical trials looking at clinical outcomes, not imaging outcomes. That's correct. Raj, thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks to our audience for joining us here live from TCT 2019. Pleasure. Thank Good you. Good seeing you as always. Mike, uh, uh, do you...